Have you ever wondered or asked yourself, what's my purpose in life? Over six immersive days at Date With Destiny, Tony Robbins can help you find that answer, providing tools to reshape your destiny and design the life of your dreams. Date With Destiny is Tony's favorite event, and it's the one you might have seen in that Netflix documentary, I Am Not Your Guru. Here's what happens though over those six days. You start out by gaining a deep understanding of what truly motivates you. Then you identify the triggers that create pain and pleasure in your life and learn the strategies to eliminate pain for good. Finally, you'll learn how to ignite or reignite your passion to achieve your ultimate vision of your life, career, finances, health, and relationships. As Tony says, it is in your moments of decision that your destiny is shaped. This is your chance to make the ultimate breakthrough and to start living the life you desire and deserve. To learn more about Date With Destiny, visit www.tonyrobbins.com forward slash destiny. One of the most important decisions you can ever make is the person you choose to spend the rest of your life with. Yet so many of us make this decision with blinders on, ignoring some of the most glaring red flags. And it is these red flags that often become very real issues in the relationship and can lead you down a path of pain, suffering, and heartbreak. In this episode of the Real Breakthrough series, we're going back to one of Tony's most intimate events, where he's working with participants on building extraordinary relationships. While it may not sound particularly romantic, Tony shows us why love and passion are not the only things that matter when choosing your partner. In fact, he explains just why we must make a concerted effort to choose our partners consciously. And he even offers up the three most critical questions we must all ask ourselves when we're considering this important decision. Love is just not enough. It's vital, sure, and it's what life partnerships are built upon, but in the end, it's not enough because opposites may attract, but it's those with similarities that bond. And if you're looking to build a lifetime partnership, you must remember that the right person and the right connection are everything. Okay, so the, uh, this one is not resolved. So my husband isn't here, he's uh, deployed, he's in the Navy. And so our biggest disconnect, our marriage is in the death stage. He wants to separate and get divorced. A little emotional, so bear with me. So he doesn't want to have kids, and I do. And it took him nine years to tell me. And so I'm really struggling with the fact that I still really love him, and there's a lot of polarization. Traction is strong. Um, there are some, there's obviously- On both some, sides? Yeah, both okay. sides. So really struggling with the fact, I know he loves me unconditionally, and he wants to let me go so I can have my desire. So really having a hard time with it. I understand. And what's your question? My question is, how do I, so I know I take myself with me wherever I go, and so I certainly don't want to, I don't resent him, I, I certainly want him to have his desire, but I guess I'm, I'm feeling like a failure. Okay, so I want you to hear where the challenge is here. She loves him, but the real issue is failure. Raise your hand if you hear this, right? So. If you love somebody, what do you want for them? What do you want for them? Whatever they really want, is it true? So what to do here is obvious, you, you know, I talk about this when I say, you know, there's three, if you're trying to figure out whether or not the person's right for you, people that are in that stage or reevaluating, you've been together forever, I always tell people to compare it, use the same examples if you were hiring somebody. 
I say there's three questions you gotta answer. Question number one is, can they do the job? Let's pretend it's somebody you're hiring. Because by the way, in your business, it's not the person you hire, it's the person you failed to hire your business, true? And when it comes to intimate relationship, it's equally important. The right person and the right connection is everything. So you guys have a great love and a great, sounds like polarity from perspective of what you're saying, but you have different goals. So here's how that looks. Question one, can they do the job? If you're interviewing someone for the third time, or in my business, if I'm interviewing somebody, they've already been screened by multiple people, they can do the job. If you're dating someone, you're six months into dating, nine months, 12 months into dating, can they be the person? They can't. Second question is more important. Will they do the job well long-term? In business, it's easy to look at. It takes the charge off it, right? How do I know if they will do the job long-term? Because in the beginning, does everybody do a good job? Most people, yes or no? And when they're selling you in the interview process, they're definitely gonna sell you on it. But whether they're gonna do a good job long-term is based on two things to remind you. One, are their goals aligned with the job? Right, so let's use job because it's less charged, right? So the example that I'll often share at Date With Destiny because it's just so vivid for me is that Bonnie Pearl and I had uh, a personal assistant. You can imagine if you're an assistant with us, we're 24-7 people, we're on every different time zone, we live in you know, multiple countries. And so for a person of that nature to become part of our family, we had a woman named Lizzie who's still super close to us. She's extended family for us, but she was our assistant for almost six years, five and a half years. And then she fell in love and she ended up getting married and having kids and so she couldn't be our assistant. So we looked for somebody new. And where we look? We looked at the LA Personal Assistance Association which sounds like a natural place because we have all these celebrity clientele. Certainly somebody who's worked in that environment knows how to deal with them at the level of quality we would expect. But then we went through, I think, five or six people in almost two years. And we'd never done that before. And then I woke up and realized what it was. A person who goes to Hollywood to become a personal assistant is not usually going because their life dream is to support a family and make a difference. What's their life dream? They want to be an actress or an actor or whatever it is. And who do they want to talk to? My clientele. They want to pick up the phone and they want to talk to Oprah, right? They, somebody who can make it. Tony Hopkins, Anthony Hopkins, most of you know him as, right? Uh, Quincy Jones, whoever it is. Pitbull. Those are all my friends and clientele. Hugh Jackman. These are all people that they take unbelievable care of and treat everybody else like shit, right? So it's very obvious that it was my fault. I pick somebody, nothing wrong with these people, they just have different goals. The goals will not be fulfilled by the job. Make sense? And so I can remember going to Fiji and we're in line and she and I are playing and we're, we're arguing over which line's going faster. So we pick separate lines, you know, we play, play fight, be competitive, be funny. And I hear this voice behind me, Tony, and I turn around and this guy I'd known for years, very wealthy man, very successful man. Hadn't seen him in probably 10 years, eight years, nine years, whatever it's been. And I said, what are you doing here? And he said, what are you doing here? I said, well, I have a, you know, I have a resort and I have a home here. Because I didn't realize that. I said, yeah. I said, what are you doing here? He goes, I'm on my honeymoon. I said, well, where's your spouse? You know, where's your bride? He goes, over there. And she's standing in the same line as she is, right? And so they're doing the same thing we're doing. Long story short, we're talking. I ask him how I met her. She's obviously a lot younger than he is. He's in his early 50s. She's maybe just about to turn 30, 29 years old. And I just said, well, how long have you guys been together? And he said, eight years. I said, wow, eight years. I said, you're just now getting married. How come? He goes, she wore me down. Now, the minute he says that, my gut's like, oh my God, <laughs> right? This is a disaster waiting to happen. 
So I'm trying to find something positive. So I go, what do, what do you usually do? When someone says they get married, one of the natural questions, are you going to have kids? And what does he say? He says, absolutely not, no possibility. And I said, well, I looked at her. She's 29 years old. And I said, uh, well, have you had this discussion with her? He goes, oh, yeah. I told her, if we get married, the deal is no kids. And she agreed to the deal. This is how guys think. <laughs> he actually thinks that deal is going to hold out. <laughs> so I'm looking at him thinking, oh, my God. So then we finally get through the line, catch up with Bonnie Pearl. She's been standing next to her. They've been talking, so they've met. So we introduce each other around the circle and everything else, and then we say goodbye. And I look at her, and she looks at me, and we both like, what the f***, right? I said, what'd you learn? She goes, what'd you learn? She says, well, she told me she was standing in line, and I said, you know, got married, how they met, all that stuff. I said, you're going to have kids? She said, he says no, but we'll have them within two years. And it's like, you can figure out where this went. The guy's been married twice before, divorced, lost half his both times, been totally miserable. Now he's a broken man. It happened three years later. So you have to be aligned on goals, whether you like it or not. If you're not aligned on the more important, you don't have to be aligned on everything. But issues like children is a pretty large one. And then the third one you got to ask yourself, besides that, I should say, the second part of will they do the job, is really, uh, is, their, is their nature reinforced by the job? What I mean by that is, if you, could you, could a person who's very introverted do a good job as a salesperson? Could they? Yes, they could. Will they long-term? No, they might do a good job in the beginning by putting all their focus into it, but their nature doesn't get reinforced. Could you have somebody who's extremely sociable be your, account, your CPA? You know, they could. Will they do a good job long-term? No, they're going to be talking to everybody instead of crunching the numbers, right? So you have to understand that. And then the third one is team fit. And that's really important. Is that the right team fit? And that, got it, I wish I would have known this 30 years ago, but I figured it out the hard way so I can save all of you enormous amount of pain and money because this one, this, figuring this one out only cost me $42 million, right? Called a divorce, right? I met this woman when she was broke and living without her children in hotels. Her kids were with two different husbands. And then I married her and adopted all our kids and brought them together. But I didn't understand team fit. And here's what team fit is. Six needs. Your top two needs are the what drive you, right? Your top two needs are what drive your partner. If your top two needs are their bottom two needs, this is not sustainable. It's sustainable. You can stay in any relationship, but it's not going to be sustained. It's going to take unbelievable work and you're not going to remain happy. So for example, what would you guess would be my top need structure? What would you guess? Love. There's no question of love and contribution. Used to be contribution first, then love, because contributing was my safe way of being loved. I'm not asking for it. And if I give, 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 then if you don't love me, you're a <laughs> you know, It's easy in your head. But eventually I grew, and so I wasn't, I'm not contributing now to get love. I love contributing. So I just love, and I contribute as well, and I enjoy it, I thoroughly, and I certainly enjoy all the love that comes back to me, but love is number one for me. Contribution number two, my former spouse's number one was significance, and number two was certainty. And significance, certainty on the bottom of my list. Now, easy for me, I get so much significance because I've, for, you know, 40 years, I've loved on people, and so I have so much significance without having to work at it at this point. So easy for me, I'm not making any judgment, but certainty is like the bottom of my list, right? and top of her list. So it didn't matter what we did. We're both good people. We're not going to be alignment at the most fundamental level. How many follow this? And in business, if you have like somebody who can really will do the job long term, but they're not the right team fit, 
They're smart, they're great, they're great, they're whatever they are, you don't wanna let them go, but they piss off everybody else on your team, your company's gonna be fucked over by it. In real life, the most important decision is who you're gonna spend your life with, so you gotta be able to look at this. So love is not enough, I'm sorry, but it's not, right? Now, can people's goals, experiences change? Can they be negotiated? Can we find other ways around them? Potentially, yes. So. I want you to know those are the criteria that can keep you from getting in this place. In your case, it took him nine years to tell you, so I just wanna ask you, nine years, seven years, nine years? Nine. Nine, nine. years, nine years. Are you gonna tell me and look me in the eye that you had no hint in those nine I years? Did. Of course I did. Okay, yeah. so I just want you to notice, because without meaning to, you're still doing blame. Because you didn't tell me that. You try to make it sound like and I don't, I'm not saying you're trying to do it in a bad way. I hope you know I'm, I'm, you can feel where I am with you, right? But, but we just got to call a spade a spade because if you don't catch this pattern, it's going to fuck up the next relationship. Great. I, I really appreciate it. So hear that, right? Hear that. And then remember, why did he not tell her for nine years? No, you tell me. Why didn't he tell you for nine years? Yeah, that's what, for me, I think that he has a fear of, of repeating a pattern. He was abandoned when he was three years old, so he's scared to be a dad. He's scared, you yeah. know, for the responsibility. But um, when we first got married, he really wanted to have kids, and at first I didn't. And so it shifted over time. And it's, Interesting. <laughs> and so... Um, what made you not want to have kids then, and what made you want to have them now? Um, in the beginning, it was because I was really focused on helping people, growing my business, wanting to contribute at a high level. So the time thing and the... I felt like that was something that I really wanted to pursue at first, and then later that would that could change. But I was open to I was open to having kids. I just didn't want to have them right away. And why did he change his point of view from wanting to have them to not wanting to have them? Yeah, so that's where the that's where the the communication really breaks down. So he's he's really, you know, told me that he still wants to have them. It's it's an infertility issue. So there's a lot that he needs to do that he just continues to put off, put off, put off. And I didn't even bring up the subject for two years because I thought I want to support him. I just want to be unconditionally loving and just back off. And, and then um, I, yeah, I, I mean, he, I wish I knew he doesn't, it, yeah. You wish you knew if you asked I wish, him? Yeah, of course. And what, and what does he say? He says he, he wants to have kids. He's always said that he really wants to have kids. And I'm really confused because I thought that the real problem here is he doesn't want to have kids. Well, he, I mean, clearly his actions speak louder than words, so that's been obvious, but he's... Oh, no. That's a slippery slope you're running down right now. Sure. How many of you have taken actions that are not reflective of your desires, they're reflective of momentum, they're reflective of the state you're in, they're reflective of responsibilities? How many have done this before? So, so are you telling me that you're judging he doesn't want to have kids because he's not doing it? Or are you telling me he's telling you directly he does not want to have kids? He's telling me directly he doesn't want to have kids. Okay, he's and so and that's happened just recently? Just recently. Okay. It, are you sure that it's about kids? Yeah, I am. How, what makes you sure? Because I think he, like I said, I, f I feel like he knows. I think that he just... If it, my intuition tells me that he thinks that he would change his mind, that eventually he would feel comfortable with it, that it just kind of, over time, that he would get more comfortable with it. Yes. And I think that he's just finally decided that he's, ultimately, I think he's just really comfortable with his life, where he is, responsibilities. Um, he loves what he does. He's a diver in the Navy. He really loves that. He travels all the time. Yes. And so I think he's just come to terms that he's really comfortable. And you're not so 
the bottom line is you're now, I want you to notice though too, what you told me from the beginning was, or at the very beginning here, if I heard you correctly, was it's the failure. Well, I think it's my, I'm holding on to that. When you say somebody really loves you, they'll do anything for you. Yes. Yeah. So if he really loves me, I feel like he would do this. Yes, he would, but he won't put himself in a place where he feels like he's going to make you unhappy, honey, from the way you've described it. Your description tells me that he feels bad because he, he doesn't want that for his life and he does want you to be happy and he knows you want it, so he's willing to give that to you by stepping away. That's not what you want, but that's actually him loving you. I know. So where's the failure? I'm yeah, you're right. I don't, you're right. I don't know. No, I'm not right. I'm asking. Can you see I that if just... he really doesn't want that, but he still loves you? Because you're telling me he really loves you and there's great polarity. Yeah. So here's what's really true. He has, think about it. He's on his journey. What do you know about a man? Where is he in his journey? He's in his tunnel. That's the other thing. I, I don't want to, well, I mean. Why would you be surprised? What man is going to want to have a child in the middle of being in the tunnel? Gentlemen, make some noise how that would feel. That's insane. I know that. And, and, but I also know that it's been, he's been in there for a long time, so. Yes. And, and I'm, that's, why, that's why I'm struggling with unconditionally loving him and trying to just wait it, you know, just be supportive and wait as long as I can. But I also feel like he knows that biological clock is ticking. Give this the meaning of what it really is, at least the way you've presented it so far. Since he's here, I can't tell you for sure, but it sounds like here's a man who's on his journey to try to become a king. He, he may not. He may be a prince. Right now, he's got a little kingdom. The kingdom is he's part of this team or this group. He might be a knight. I don't know where he is, but he's, it sounds like he's in the tunnel, at least from your perspective. And in that situation, there's no possibility that he's going to be supportive of this. Even if he said yes, inside he'd be freaking out completely. So he's been honest with you finally. And he's told you, this is the life that I'm really going for. And I love you and I don't want to hold you back. That's an example of somebody loving you. It's not harsh. It's not mean. He's not beating you up. He's not making you wrong. No, I know that. He's just saying our goals are different at this stage of our lives. And so I want you to have this. So that where is the failure? I guess it's more frustration that I, because I love him so much. I understand. And frustration means that life is different than you think it should be, but frustration is different than disappointment. Disappointment means it's over and you do nothing about it. Raise your hand if you see the difference. Frustration means she still thinks there's something possible. Is that right? Yeah. So what is possible? Tell me then. Because frustration is not a bad emotion. We don't like it. But it's a good emotion because it means something's still possible, at least in her mind. What's possible? Well, I'm trying to look at the options on the table here. What's possible is that I could just be okay with not having kids. That's one option. Tell me more. <laughs> Eventually, he'll get out of the tunnel. <laughs> Eventually, and he maybe won't. he'll decide that, it, that he wants to have kids. It's possible. Tell me another. So, so one option is just be okay with no kids. Another option is go freeze my eggs so I don't lose the option and see if he makes it out of the tunnel and maybe I can help him out of the tunnel by my absolute love and support. 
right? And Cheryl Lynn, you freezing your eggs, there is a real thing unconsciously, biologically, physiologically in a woman's body with the clock. And so you going and freezing your eggs, honey, will create space for you. Space for you, because truthfully, you're not going to just fall into another, I mean, you never know, know, but you're probably not going to fall into a relationship. And if you do, it would just create space in yourself and with him uh, to be able to choose more consciously, because that's part of it is you're feeling that pressure. Pressure. I am, but I, I'm also open to adoption, so it doesn't have to be my... It's beautiful. Now we've got a third one, adoption. Yes, adoption. Yeah. Okay. What's the fourth option? By the way, remember, if you've been around me, one choice is no choice. Yeah. Right? Two options is a dilemma. There's always at least three options. And when you get to three, you'll find there's four, five, or six. Now, you may not like them all equally, but you want to pull them out because even lousy options can lead your mind to find new options. But what she's basically in is a dilemma. Right now, her brain is either I stay with him and I don't have kids or, you know, I leave him and I go try to find him somewhere else, but I love him. Well, that's a dilemma. That make you crazy. It is making you crazy. So tell me another option. So I've heard so far, here's what I've heard. I've heard I could say, I'm fine without kids. I've had this much of my life like that. It's been beautiful. Second option, I could freeze my eggs and stay with him and say, I'm going to love him. And as time goes by and he sees that he's loved, and I'm not pressuring as much. There might be an opening. He might come through the tunnel. Third one is I could adopt. What's the fourth option? I can't think of one. Pardon me? I can't think of one. Yeah, you can. Okay. You didn't even give yourself a moment. I, did, I was when you were talking. I don't know. Actually, stay with him. Not have kids, stay with him, freeze my eggs, and hope that he comes out of the tunnel. Yeah. Or you could leave him. Leave and him. Go find another man and go have kids. A man whose goal is to have kids, who loves it and wants that. Yeah. And, and, and in that piece, it's the same thing as the plane going down. You leaving him without the judgment that he did this, it's a failure. He told me, he waited nine years, that whole drama of that, remove that judgment and that lie, and you're actually open. It's the plane going down. We chose in that moment to stay connected. So just because you're leaving him and you love this human being, you can stay in love with him. Absolutely. Leaving him doesn't mean that you don't love him, you don't have him in your life. That's just a conscious way to actually separate. Yeah, and we've had a great conversation about it. beautiful. We both really love and respect each other regardless. So, Mm -hmm. and... Yeah, I have no regrets whatsoever. You have no regrets, but just be mindful. The judgment of he did this nine years ago, yeah. he waited for nine years, that blocks you actually staying connected to him. That blocks the intimacy. Yes, I understand that. Yeah. We, both, we both saw that, right? Just trying to bring it to you. So you got four options. So now when you look at those options, let's start with the first one for a second. Why do you want a child? Because I'm going to be an amazing mom. I, lo- I feel like, you know... I have so much to offer. I feel so, um, I love kids. I've been with kids my whole entire life, helping them. Um, yeah, I just feel like, I feel like it's a really fun desire. I feel like it'd just be a really great journey and the love and connection. So many of my friends have kids and I love, you know, the, the variety, the uncertainty, the, um, and the contribution mostly. And could you get those in another way? I'm not telling you should by any yeah. stretch. I just want to make sure we explore each one and we look at what it means. How many fall, right? I'm not leading you in any sure, way. Sure, so I, 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 yeah. I know that. Um, yeah, I don't think I, I can just because I do, I already have so many, I, I feel like my work, my mission, what I, how I volunteer, I feel like I already get so much of that. I'm filled up really well with so many other avenues of that. So that... Yeah, I feel like that's still a strong desire. So I understand. I'd say no. and, and even if it wasn't, her body would be driving this desire completely at this stage. Right? So out of those options, t- 
tell me what makes the most sense, what would appeal you to the most, what would fulfill you the most. Because they all have upsides and downsides, obviously. Yeah, so, and I'm trying so hard to say here. One minute I feel so good about, you know, just staying and trusting. And then the next minute I feel like so good about leaving and trusting. <laughs> so it's, I feel like I really go back and forth. I understand. And that's where I'm struggling. So, so what's your picture if you leave and trust? What's going to happen? I'm curious. Yeah, like I, I would be completely, I'm very independent. I could do it on my own if I, if I you know, if that felt compelling to me. Mm -hmm. I'd be open to meeting somebody. Obviously, I'm not, run, I have no interest in, you know, having a baby with somebody like anytime soon. But I, I feel like the next logical step will fill in as I just continue to just be happy, be in a beautiful state, make the most of life where it is, and that, you know, things will work out. Yeah. So... So let's just make sure that there's no loss and that everything's preserved. And then you need to have the conversations here because you have all the answers right here. You don't need them from me or anyone else, even from him. This is where the answers start. And the rest will unfold. The Tony Robbins Podcast is directed and hosted by Tony Robbins. Anna York is our editorial director and occasional host. Our executive producer is Carrie Song. Jamie Carvajal and Adriel De La Torre are our digital editors. Special thanks to Mary Buckheit and Diane Adcock for their creative review.